Welcome to Mountain Mama's Misadventures, stories of mishap and adventure from women adventurers. Every woman has a story she can share from the zany to the inspirational. Brought to you by Mountain Mama's, a nonprofit women's adventure organization. Women empowering women to adventure. My name is Emily Hacken and I'm running solo today. Debbie has sick kids, so we wish her well and hope all is going well with her. Our fantastic uh, Mount Mama Canyoneering guy, Jeremy Pine, with us today. And um, he wanted, we had this story, particular story, requested by many women to hear. So we wanted to um, share one of our canyoneering trips that we did recently. Anyway, this is a great story. But first, before we get started, um, Jeremy is originally from Redlands, Redlands, California, near LA. He currently lives in Provo, Utah, and has been married for 17 years to my dear friend, Erin, and they have three kids, including teenagers, and you work as a data analyst, analytics engineer, right? That's right. <laughs> um, something interesting about you had mentioned, um, you've been doing a company called Normandy Knives. I know you're super stoked about that, and yeah, where did that come from, and how did it start? Yeah, we've been doing that for about three years now as a little side gig, and uh, actually, for those who know Erin, she is, uh, doing uh, fulfillment for us, so she is our first full-time uh, employee, so that's <laughs> kind of fun, so it's kind of just kind of, my brother started it, and then he brought me on a few years ago, and it's been exciting. Nice, you can do your shameless promotion here, so do you have a website? <laughs> NormandyKnives.com, like Normandy Beach. Oh, perfect, excellent, and there, what's so cool about your knife? Uh, you know, it's, it's a one-handed, spring-assisted, uh, both ways, so flick of a button, it goes out, flick of the button, it comes down, so we call it a, uh, 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 an adult fidget spinner. <laughs> it's just a, it's a lot of fun to play with. Oh, yeah, they're fantastic. I have one. I love it. I love it so much. Um, cool. Well, we're so glad to have you here today. And um, first, why did you get into canyoneering? Because I've known you for, like, 18 years, um, and canyoneering has been a new thing gosh in the last eight years or I don't know how it's been a while it hasn't been really new but yeah so actually I think it was when Aaron and I were dating that she invited me to come rock climbing with you and at that time I thought she loved it so it turns out <laughs> I enjoyed rock climbing in my 20s and uh it turns out Aaron didn't actually love it so <laughs> she was just like me i didn't know this either like i'm like erin we do all this like we mountaineer and we're doing climbing and all yeah and, yeah it wasn't totally she's like i hate heights and yeah yeah <laughs> I'm like, so Oops. so i climbed for a while my you know when i was young and spry and and agile and as i got older uh, my friend chris who came on the the granary trip with us um, you know, he doesn't like climbing either, but, but he likes going downhill, and, and I start liking going downhill more and more, and now I, I exclusively go downhill. Um, <laughs> so, so rappelling and canyoneering became kind of the natural progression of things, and, and yeah, we're probably in our fifth or sixth season doing it now. Nice. And Utah is so great for canyoneering. It is. I feel like, is it one of the best states in the U.S.? Like, how are, how do we compare? I mean, the American Southwest. So basically from here down to Arizona, Nevada is, is, is the spot for for slot canyons anyway. Um, we don't have a lot of wet canyons like, you know, um, Oregon has, but, but we have some, some outstanding slots. Oh, my gosh. And we'll probably have you come back to share, like, your favorites because I know there's some beautiful ones. You We currently go on four canyoneering trips that you've recommended um, with our women, and let's say we do Medieval Chamber in Moab, Johnson's Arch down in St. George, 
uh, Birch Hollow we're going to do here shortly in Zion, on the outside of Zion's. And who is the other Seems one? Seems like the fourth one's a bonus one. Oh, it's, it's going to be Pleiades this year. Oh, our next year, yeah, for next 2023. Year, yeah. Oh, uh, we do Diana's Throne too. That was the one we we're we're trying in the fall, like in November, I think. So I know that was one that we like just threw on there because I don't know if you've done that one. Uh, I've done it on my own, but yeah. I just go where you tell me to go. No, <laughs> and we take all your recommendations seriously. <laughs> whatever you whatever you want to tell us, whatever you think is safe. We love. But anyway, you do a fantastic um, job. I'm so excited. So, all right. So we um, did a trip together. How many years ago was Greenery? Uh, uh, two years ago, probably. Yeah, it, was it was our like, first season doing it. Like COVID time or something like that, yeah. or like in that zone when everything was kind of chill. Yeah, and we were checking out canyons to do for Mount Mamas and just fun ones to do. And yeah, what um, spoke to you about Greenery and where is it? Yeah, so uh, uh, Granary or Granary, I don't know how to say it. Um, it, it was actually it's out in Moab, and there's not a ton out in Moab. And Moab's just a little bit closer than Zion's, which is, you know, it's nice to be a little bit closer. Um, it's, it's definitely one that uh, Road Trip Ryan highly recommends, and I highly recommend Road Trip Ryan. Um, and so, if and that's wanted, a website. That's a that's a website. Like the best canyoneering website I think we've got around. Yeah, if you want to know who, where to go in Utah for canyoneering, he's the he's the guy. So that one was highly recommended. In fact, it's one of the few canes that we've ran that I had not ran before doing it with the Mountain Mamas. So it was kind of learn as we go with the group, which probably isn't the best <laughs> idea. But it seems like a good idea at the time. It was kind of, I feel like it was like a recon trip. We were like, that was the premise. Like, we're going to check out this canyon because you're like, I've never done it. We'll just see how it goes. Yeah, and it, it ended up being a fun experience. <laughs> I think, well, no one, <laughs> we didn't make the news. So it was a fantastic, yeah. All right, so yeah, so that's kind of what you were thinking about. Like, what are the features about the canyon that you really liked? Yeah, so Granary's, uh, you know, it's, it's classified as a, you know, beginner canyon, so nothing too crazy. Uh, it's long, though. It's got four mandatory repels, but then a handful of optionals. I think we did every single optional one. <laughs> and the final optional is a 200-footer so that you don't have to hike back up. And as I mentioned before, I, I prefer the downhill versus the uphill, so uh, I'll always take the optional repel if it means I don't have to hike back up. Yes, and you end up pretty much on top of your like or probably like 200 feet from the parking lot like you come down your last repel is this huge plateau face ish and then yeah there's your car right there so it is nice you want to make sure you yeah finish with that repel for sure yeah quite possibly the easiest exit uh of any canyon i've done as far as, <laughs> as, far as distance goes anyway yeah 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 you don't have to do a long slog to the desert or anything yeah it's awesome yeah and I, if my memory you know a couple of years ago but i think the the hike to the beginning wasn't terribly long either so i think it has a good start and a good ending yeah and it had like didn't it have like a upper and a middle section or something i remember like we yeah. just ended up doing like it was like thirds, like the upper middle, and then the lower was like the two hundred, and we missed the middle section. So. Yeah, so there's upper granary, which you can, you exit the canyon, and you can walk back up the hill and call it a day. After doing lower, or I mean, after uh, doing upper, upper right? yeah. yeah, upper. You and can then combine upper and lower for a longer day, which is what we were planning on doing. Then you can combine upper lower plus the optional two hundred foot final repel, um, to to really round it out. Right. So what was our, what was your plan originally? When we, we thought we'd do all three. Yeah. That was the idea anyway. And did we, were we camping? I can't remember if we drove down the same morning. I think that was actually kind of 
our first mistake was we didn't camp. If we were to do it again, I would have had everything set up the night before because it ended up being a long day. So we didn't get on the, we didn't get up to the trailhead till eight or nine a.m. But then the the shuttle up is really really long. I don't think we realized how far it is. So you leave one vehicle at the bottom of the canyon. You need to go up this really steep and it's long like hill. The bottom is uh, is it. Jug handle arch or something? Yeah, like, something like that. Right yeah, by the river. Moab. Yeah, yeah, right there. Yeah. In the bar. yeah. I mean, you're just uh, hundreds of feet outside the city. It's not far at all. Um, and so, but then it was a long drive to the top to drop off a vehicle. Then you got to drive back down. So I think it took us an hour, hour and 15 just to set up the shuttle. And it's like not an easy road. It was like a, you had your pickup, I remember. Like, didn't we have a truck? Yeah, it's pretty steep. Road. Yeah, it's a dirt road. I it's... remember being in the back of a pickup on this one. So <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, definitely, I think I think any capable all-wheel drive vehicle could do it. It's just steep and, and, and narrow, um, but not terribly technical. There's no, like, major rocks or obstacles to get over, I don't think. Oh, I thought there was one section that we had to have, like, four-wheel low. Maybe. <laughs> I remember... <That's> pro probably. <laughs> in the dark at the... Anyway, okay, there was one section I think was a little sketchy. It was, like, nice to have a Jeep for... Anyway, but it was, like... Yeah, five foot section, but it was in the middle. Like you had to like, it was part, your truck just screamed right over. But <laughs> those of us with little dinky like stock SUVs were like, yeah, mine was yeah, would have made it. So. <laughs> All right, so we get our yeah, we get it to the top of the canyon and yeah, we do our hike in. Yeah. And oh, and you had brought some of your friends too, right? Yeah, well, I I, I wanted to bring some extra guys because I knew there was a lot of. Um, of repels, so we were anticipating to leapfrog it. So we'd set up one anchor, let we'll go down. Then the, the, the next person we go set up the next anchor, so that you know you just always had. So by the time this group was done, the next one was ready to go, and just just really move the uh, the group efficiently along. Because I think we had we had like eight mamas plus the three guides, so we had a group of eleven, which is pretty Huge. big, probably yeah. bigger than we should have. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we wanted to take as many as we could. Yeah, yeah. And the women were super excited to go. Yeah. Yeah, and I think they were all relatively experienced. I mean, it was, if I, in fact, if I remember correctly, it was kind of like this, the, the people who wanted to end up being assistant guides kind of trip. It was yeah. a little bit more of an advanced trip. Yeah, we kind of cherry-picked our women. So, yeah, they had some skills, but they were still, like, we were still new to canyoneering. So yeah. they didn't have a lot of skills. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, so what was the first um, upper greenery like? Yeah, so so upper greenery. Um, I remember you kind of start on this this just a dirt road, um, kind of a jeep trail maybe, and then that goes right into the canyon. And then you have a series. And, you know, I have to do this by memory a little bit. But a series of just kind of short drops that, like, you if you wanted to, you probably could figure out a way to like down climb it or partner this down. But it seemed like it was just as much fun. And easy just to set up the, the the repels but a lot of them were overhanging so a lot of them and, and this was uh, you know probably not best for brand new canyoneers uh, even though they were somewhat experienced and they still hadn't done a lot of repels so a lot of them were going right off a lip into an overhang uh, so you had to just like really trust that the rope was gonna catch you yeah so like mentally they weren't terribly high 
But like there was some skill level of not getting, you know, the risk would be getting finger stuck or 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 uh, you know prussic above before you drop down, because um, it was there were some awkward starts right into an overhang. That's right. Um, um, situation. And what kind of a anchor system were we doing? Like what kind of anchor? I was. I don't remember anything being bolted in that upper. Um, there were some bolts, but most of it was off of um, natural anchors. Um, there was uh, a combination of trees, uh, large boulders, choke stones, and um, um, uh, Karen anchors. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah, I think yeah, mostly natural anchors for this one. Um, yeah, we, we fiddle sticked most of it. I was like, you got to talk about the fiddle stick. That was so, <laughs> it was like the day of the fiddle stick. I feel like it just like was perfect. Yeah, I think that was actually my first season because it took me a couple of seasons to get comfortable with wanting to use it. Um, for those who who may not know what a fiddlestick is, um, basically it's a way to uh, ghost a canyon, leave nothing behind, and not create rope grooves. So you know one of the big challenges with Moab and, and Zion and everywhere now is that you know, you know people are pulling their ropes out and and it's causing massive grooves in the, that sandstone. Sandstone's so stop, soft mm-hmm. that um, you know ropes are getting stuck there now. It's ugly. And so a fiddlestick is basically a it's a it's a piece of plastic. It's like a I don't know like a pencil almost. It's mm-hmm. just a just a piece of straight uh, rounded plastic, and you tie a stone knot, and you stick that piece of plastic in it, and and that creates a, a block, if you will, and then you have a little pull cord that's attached to the fiddlestick um, that's separate from your rappel line, and then when you pull that piece of plastic out when you pull that fiddlestick out the knot comes undone and the rope just kind of falls down without having to pull it and not it doesn't create any um any rope groups um mentally it's kind of weird like what if the you know the fiddlestick pops out mid-repel um but you know i don't know i don't i don't know that they do very much and i think the biggest thing is making sure that the fiddlestick is suspended in the air like it's not bumping next to rocks as you're rappelling down. I mean, I feel like once it's if it's in a good safe spot, you shouldn't have any issues with it. Yeah, I mean, shoot, I remember you know um, I was sitting maybe just three or four feet off the ground in case this experiment went wrong. But I, I I locked off just three or four feet off the ground and had Chris pull the pull string as hard as he humanly could, trying to dislodge it while I was on the rope, and um, and he couldn't do it. So oh, I, I think yay. when you're weighted, I, it's, it's a lot of pressure on that on that fiddlestick. That makes me feel so much better. <laughs> I'm glad you did that experiment. Because that's like, yeah, you're just like, oh my God. Especially when it's over like 30 feet or something like that. You're like, oh, I just want to make sure that's going to be okay. So that's good. I'm glad you did that. Yeah, it's a fun little... <laughs> I think now most of the mamas get excited when we pull the fiddlestick out now, and they <laughs> they, they like. I think everyone likes it. They giggle because it's super fun. Like you're just like magic, you know. So yeah. Yeah. Well, it definitely is an advanced anchor system, but um, but the benefits are, are are definitely there. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, it's definitely something we'll keep using. Yeah. It's it's definitely something you have to be mindful of because it, it's not. It's, it's not a contingency anchor, so if something were to go wrong, uh, hair gets stuck, clothing gets stuck, um, it's not releasable, so you, you're not, your rescue situation is a little bit different. And all of your rope is at the bottom, not at the top, so um, if you're going to fiddlestick, make sure you have extra rope at the top that if you needed to set up a, uh, uh, a haul system with, that you could do that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Can I talk about... Like you were talking about partner assists 
um, getting over edges. So when you've got edges that are like 10 feet or something, something that's not too big of a deal, um, describe what a partner assist is. A partner assist uh, could certainly be where uh, you have the first person wanting to go down and the other group sets up a meat anchor. Basically, they're gonna the person's gonna repel using a human being as the anchor. And that can get the first person down. Oh, um, yeah. And okay. then once he's down, or she is down, then they can assist the rest of the people down with their hands or shoulders or any way they or down want. I, I bring this up specifically because I was the first person on one of those drops. I remember I was like, yes, I'll go down. And, um, and I think I had just like scrambled down one side. Um, it wasn't a big deal. And then just went to the drop off to help someone else come down that who wanted to give that a try. I think Lisa, anyway, um, was gonna come down. And I had no idea how to do partner assists at the time. And so I was just like, here I am, <laughs> land on me. And so she like slides off the lip of this, trying to shoot for my shoulders with her feet, I think. And she totally like, came down fast and landed like her butt on my head. It was like the worst case scenario. I totally heard like all my vertebrae snap in my neck and we both just collapsed in a pile and she was like on top of me and my neck. Anyway, I thought I broke my neck for like a half a second. But yeah, it was like the worst idea ever. Because <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm just not the big burly person. And and I hadn't, I didn't know at the time like how to like brace and, and to not just like use your body as like a large pillow, which is yeah, there's definitely different different <laughs> techniques. You know, if someone is sliding down, uh, you could, instead of uh, trying to pull them up, you could actually push them into the rock and add more friction. Yes. So they slide slower. So instead of pushing up, you push into the rock. I'm going to remember to do that more now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty bad. Yeah. Awesome. So we were hiking, and I remember it was kind of a hot day. We got some issues with navigation, but we... We found out like Road Trip Ryan had pretty decent navigation getting us on the map and keeping us on course. And we had opted not to do the lower. Is it just because we well, took so long? I can't remember. It's not so. Yeah, we did opt. I suppose that's a good word. Um, we were kind of forced into skipping it. Um, I mean, we were going slow. We got a late start. Uh, we were taking every optional rappel. And, and, you know, when you take a rappel, I mean, let's say it's just, you know, two or three minutes per person. When you got 11 people, that's 45 minutes per rappel. Yeah, that's true. And we must have done 11 rappels when there's only four mandatory. So, you know, <laughs> it adds up. There's, you know, five hours just right there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so even though we were moving efficiently, even though we were going pretty pretty good pace it just took time mm -hmm. and so if i remember correctly it was getting well and we chose uh, the not quite winter winter but it was definitely that time of year when it was getting darker around six or seven not darker at nine yeah. so we, we knew that we were up against a earlier nightfall and it's coming about four or five p.m and we're just finishing upper granary mm-hmm and um, so, so we did make the call, and, I, and there was some argument. There were people who did not like my call on this, because uh, there's people who wanted to finish lower, but we uh, exited the canyon at, at a point where you could, and we walked past lower and, and took pictures, and it looked wonderful, and that's why I want to go back, because I want to finish it. <laughs> but we basically ended up having to skip it for the sake of time. Um, and luckily we had that a luxury, but we really wanted to hit that 200-footer. We did, and, and we still had, even though we were skipping some, we couldn't skip everything. So we did have to get our way back into the canyon, and there were still three or four repels before the 200. 
which then took up more time. Um, so by the time we were getting to the 200, I mean, it was pretty much golden hour dusk. And then, if I remember correctly, we couldn't quite find the, 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 the exact spot of it. I remember being a little desperate, like going, we have to find... Because you're on, we we're on top of a plateau, and mm-hmm. and the trail was a little fuzzy at this point, and it was just like uh, somewhere on this plateau is the anchor for the rappel. And it was just a matter of like wandering around on the edge of these cliffs, trying to find the 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 way down. And we had to find that before dark, because I felt in my mind I was thinking there's no way we could we wouldn't be able to find it in the dark. Like that'd just be crazy and dangerous and. Yeah, I mean, there's no way you're going to walk off this one. The only way to the car at this point was rappelling, because you are at the top, like you said, at the top of a plateau, a cliff, and it, it's just vertical. I mean, if you've ever been around Moab, you know this. So if you if you remember driving around the, the Colorado River, uh, on either side, it's just sheer walls of straight rock. Yeah. And, and that's what we're next to, because, you know, you can see the river at this point. We're pretty, we're really, really close to the river at this point. Um, so, I mean, technically, I guess we could have turned around and walked back. That's That would be, oh, my goodness, a four-hour walk, five-hour walk, and it's already dark? Like, yeah. No one wants to do that. Miserable. We'd be 3 a.m. Yeah. So, um, so we, we knew we were going to find this, this, this rappel. And um, um, at the last bit of light... Uh, it turns out we did find the, the anchors, um, but it was rapidly getting dark. And I think it must have been like a new moon or something, because it was a dark night. Yeah. Um, and then I, I didn't... Think I remember I was the one wandering over on the, was it the west side of the plateau, and had managed to see, because you had described kind of generally what it looked like, and found like the, it was like a juniper tree or something like that, and then had some other things near it. I yeah. can't remember what it was. Frankly, I think we found like two or three that could have been it. <laughs> I'm like, oh, we'll try it. <laughs> um, but yeah, we found it just, I feel like we found it just in time. It was perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And so being a 200 footer, we had to tie two ropes together because we didn't have a single 400. And, and at that point, I think dehydration was sitting in, exhaustion was setting in. I remember sitting there for like, I don't know, 20 minutes just trying to like think through like, <laughs> do we have enough rope? Is this a, is this the right way to tie it? Is everything mm-hmm. going correct? Yeah. Uh, let's make sure we don't have any knots. Let's flake it out. Like it was mentally, like I was, it was tiring at that point yeah. and, um, and getting colder. And um, at that point we needed some headlamps and I don't know whose they were. I think we only had like two headlamps between the 11 of us. So there's a, there's a lesson, even though <laughs> everything says you're gonna be home during daylight, mm-hmm. like we had no reason to bring lights. Mm-hmm. You, just, you just should. Yeah, always. I feel like Marilyn, my sister, she had brought extra batteries. She had headlamps and things like that. And um, uh, yeah, she had made sure that like she was set up, but my headlamp was like not functioning well. I think yours, um, you used, and then like it's lights. Like I remember, she gave her spare batteries to you because she's like, "You're important. You need to make sure you get down." Were they spare? Or do we have to? I think we had a pill for the the, the radio batteries actually. Oh, well, maybe because because that, that's how we lost radio communication. Oh. So I think they weren't spare. I think we actually had a we had to decide between radio and light. <laughs> And, and we chose light for right or wrong. Um, but those batteries were getting a little low. Mm-hmm. So I don't think they were particularly bright headlamps. Yeah. But yeah, now we no longer have great communication. 
and 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 and, and the lights are, are we had two to share amongst everyone. Yeah. So we gave one to Chris, who was the first man down. So mm-hmm. I set up the anchor. Chris was the first man down. And he was brave because he's heading off like, it wasn't totally dark, but it was quite a... It was, it was dang close. It was super close. And none of us had done this 200-foot rappel. And we, I don't know, did you get, did we know it was a tiered one? Or did we, you're like, no, we didn't straight know. shot? Yeah, we, we weren't sure. So, yeah, so so he comes down and hits ground. He's like, uh, I hope this is it. So, um, cause yeah, it's not 200 feet in one wrap. You kind of have to go down, hit a ledge, walk a bit, find the next ledge, keep rappelling down, uh, which means you need even more rope because it's you know rope wise it's a little bit more than 200 at that point. So he you know he doesn't quite know exactly where he's going. He took him a long time to get down. Yeah. And and there was a I remember because we're on radio there's a lot of just like can he even hear like we're yelling down and we're not hearing anything back and we're like um and now it's dark oh yeah <laughs> so we can't see what's going on we have no idea where he is we kind of can't hear him and he's taking longer than I think one should so I'm like I mean is it can we go mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm kind of pulling on the rope to see there's tension on it and then and, and there was so I'm like okay well he's still on the rope then mm-hmm. um, so so we just kind of had to like just wait a while and he had I don't know if you want to mention this here but he had said that he'd gone down and got stuck in the shrubs oh, yeah. or something like that at the very so he'd made it out for the first tier which we didn't know it was even tiered and then went down the second rappel um, and then it was just a rocky and um, landing as a rocky slope. And then he just said, because it was dark, he like repelled right into like a tr- huge scrub oak or something. Some, some he was like tangled in this tree anyway. And so that was what took him a while to like get untangled and get himself yeah extricated. And by then, and then he was yelling and stuff and was good to go. But yeah, it was quite a, a labor to get him down. Yeah, those are the things I forget about. <laughs> <laughs> I choose to forget them so that I want to do it again. <laughs> and then you set your second friend down as our number two guy because uh-huh. we were worried about Chris making well, sure. In fact, actually, at that point, Chris stayed at that midpoint to help other people down. So at this point, we still don't know for certain that the rope is touching the ground. Right. Um, and so, yeah, so Chris stayed at the midpoint. Scott then went down to the bottom just praying that we have enough rope. Mm-hmm. And, and he would communicate to Chris, who would communicate to us. So mm-hmm. we're playing a game of telephone in the dark uh, off a cliff. It was, yeah, it was, it was not ideal. Oh, my word. And meantime, all the women are trying to stay warm and hydrated and, and fed and... Well, and mentally not, not get discouraged. Yeah. You're just sitting on the edge of this, like, 200-foot cliff, and as it's getting dark, and we don't know what's going on down there, and it's a little sketchy, and... And the start of this rappel, I remember, was a little of a drop. Like, you had to kind of hike, a, like, I was, like, five feet over to the left and kind of hand climb down a little ledge and then come back to your center where your rope was, like, back to the fall line and then start rappel. I remember it was, like, a kind of, it wasn't just uh, a straight rappel. A interesting start. Yeah, yeah, it was a little tricky start. So, um, yeah. But we made them all down. They, they got them all down. They did fantastic. I was super proud. They're like, sure, we'll give us a go. Oh, yeah. There, there's, man, there was some courage born that night, for sure. Yeah. And we didn't get the rope stuck pulling it down, which was a fear, because I did not want to ascend uh, that if we'd gotten the rope stuck. <laughs> I remember doing it. I was the second to last or something. Were you the last down? I think. Probably think so. Yeah. I think I was second before you. And, yeah, my headlamp totally went out about halfway down. 
And so just repelling it in the dark was oh, yeah. just like, I mean, just like, all right, here we go. We're just going to do this and just, yeah, watch. Yeah, it was it was a little freaky. It was like, yeah. yeah. I think Chris's headlamp was still running. So you have like this little like pin light you're <laughs> aiming towards. Like, yeah, hey, I'll go towards that. <laughs> go towards the light kind of thing. Um, but yeah, so then we get everyone down to the bottom. Well, well, the bottom's not really the bottom, though. So we're at the bottom of the 200-foot rappel, but we're still like 50, I don't know, 150 feet, 200 feet uh, above the river. So I'm like, well, this is kind of weird. So, we're, yeah. so there's a there's a walk-off. Well, it, Now, everyone's headlamps are officially gone now. So we're just starlight. There's no moon. And so it's probably cloudy. I don't know. It was dark. That's all I know. And, and you're in a boulder field. So there's boulders, huge boulders everywhere. There's no marked path, but we know we have to go downhill, but we don't know which way. Um, you know, we can go south, west, or north. You know, anyway, so, um, and, 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 and the boulder fields were steep enough that I remember the gals wanted to set up some hand lines. Yeah. So we, we just found a, a carrot anchor, built a little enough natural anchor, and, and let people just kind of hand line, repel, down the, 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 the boulder field just trying to find Which took exit. a long time. It did. It was a lot of, ar- you're not arguing, but a lot of just debate on which way to go and, you know, it was just a lot of discussion. Yeah, I remember because a few of us were like, I can handle this. We don't need hand lines. And so we scampered down, but it took a while for like the majority of the gals to get down. Like, we were so beat tired by the time we all got down to the, and I think we had kind of gone ahead just because we wanted to like get the truck light on so you kind of knew where to go and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, at this point, exhaustion's real. Um, you know, I mean, it's it's got to be 9 or 10 p.m. now. Sun's been down for a couple of hours oh, yeah. at this point. I remember you're like, oh, we were like, do we need to, like, message your wife to tell her you're safe? And we're like, oh, yeah, it's like that. Yeah, anyway, it was funny. Yeah, and was this pre-beacon days? You had a beacon. I did have a beacon. You did have a beacon. Yeah, you were smart. Well, yeah. so that's good. At least we let people know. <laughs> I think you, that's when I was like, oh, you can send messages. And you, yeah, or you did something with Aaron knew you were safe, but. Well, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So so what would be your take home if you were, I mean, you said you want to go do greenery again. Well, yeah, I'm going to finish it. We, we skipped half of it. So, <laughs> you know, I'm going to go back and do it. Yeah, I, w- I would get an earlier start. Um, if I'm going to take that, I would either take a smaller group or or um, go in the summer. To, well, the problem is this is an exposed canyon. So, yeah. like, it would be a little bit dangerous in July, I think. So, you kind of, this might be, like, your perfect early June when it starts being light till, you know, 8 or 9. Um, get an early, you know, there's some amazing camping at the top. So, you could leave a vehicle at the bottom, drive up to the top, camp there, Oh, brilliant. That would be the way to do it. At that point, you'd be, you'd have all the time in the world. Yeah. Um, so I think, I, I don't think it's a particularly hard canyon. I think we made it a hard canyon just by <laughs> by starting late, big group, uh, doing all the optional repels. You know, maybe next time I do some more of the down climbing and more, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, not suit everyone up for every single option, but although I don't know, those were fun too. So maybe I would do that again. Because, I mean, you're out there to repel, so mm-hmm. why not? I mean, if you can be quick and your group is small, I feel like you can do some. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. It's, it's helps to be, I don't know, a little choosy on the ones you can do. Yeah. Because yeah. you want to do the fun ones, too. Yeah. And you only yeah. have so much daylight. So. They were fun, though. I, I have to admit, it was, it was um, if you want practice on going into an overhang from the start, mm-hmm. 
then I, I don't know there's a better Kenyan to practice that technique. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you're ready to pee your pants quick as like a beginner, <laughs> yeah, that's the way to do it. <laughs> Man, well, thank you so much, Jeremy. I'm so glad you came and shared your story with us. Any other thoughts that you had or... I'm just excited for uh, for this next year, taking the, the mamas out. Uh, excited for them to, to up there. You know, we're doing more trainings and, and getting the assistant guides to, to higher levels. And so everything's kind of exciting. Yeah, yeah. And you're leading it all. So we're so happy. And none of our canyoneering program would be possible without you. So I'm just so grateful for you. And yeah, all your time. And you just do this for fun. So we're so lucky. It is fun. <laughs> we just got to keep it fun for you. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, ladies, for joining us and to hear more fun, inspiring stories um, like Jeremy's. Click the subscribe button and share us with a friend and all that jazz. And that's it for today's adventure. Join us next time. And as always, remember... A woman's place is in the mountains. Am I allowed to say that? <laughs> <laughs>